Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to a beautiful, wonderful, brand new episode of 288 of Third Shift. It is I, the Lightbearer, Lightbringer, something like that, Beastmaster, whatever it is. The God. You one this time. You made it. The God of Floods. Some might say the God of Floods. You know what I mean? Yeah. It makes sense. It's relevant. It makes sense. I am here. I am one of the hosts. In this beautiful episode, but there's another with me. You heard his voice already. It is the looker upon the stars, the man on the moon, the inglorious bastard himself. It's Mr. Matt. He's here with me today as well for this beautiful, wonderful, brand new episode. And of course, before we jump into all sorts of wonderful, cool, great, great new Gotta reboot it. Gotta reboot him. Control Alt Delete. But before we jump into what the hell's going on this in this beautiful week, we gotta say, Matt, what you been up to? What's going on? Anything exciting? Anything new? What games you been playing? How's life? I've been up to so many things. Look at it in the show notes. Look at how many things I've been up to. Oh, I told geez. you guys last week I was going to go see a show. I went and saw Mean Girls the Musical at the Wharton Center. Fantastic show. What a wonderful show. Lots of fun, good humor, silly stuff all throughout. It's one of those things, though, I couldn't connect with it to start with because I've never seen the movie other than like the bits and pieces of pop culture that everybody knows from it. And I've also like never been in that environment in a school where it's like super clicky because none of my friends ever, I mean, we're probably just the guys who hang out together click and we never interacted with other ones. We're just dudes. So I've never been like, oh man, there's the goth kids. There's the mathletes. Oh, if you hang out with them, people won't like you, which is, you know, start of what all the show is about. But I don't know. It was a great show. Really loved it by the end of it. Lots of fun. The very next day, Went and saw the Batman in theaters. Did you see the Batman, Eric? I saw the Batman too, Mr. Matt. I did. And, you know, a lot of people keep talking about being too long. I didn't feel that. I felt it was great. I loved how the Batman turned from the the flashy Batman with all the gizmos and gadgets and doing the things to this just detective, dark, I, I have a couple tools at my disposal kind of Batman. Okay. I appreciated that. It felt good to me. Like, I was like, this is the Batman I think of in my head when I think of Batman. I'm rich. I've got access to a couple extra tools, a couple extra little things here and there. But I'm not some kind of weird, bizarro genius like Tony Stark creating bat suits that allow me to jetpack up into the sky and fly around like some kind of psychopath and pulling out these weird bat meringues that somehow know when I throw them they're just going to like magically come back to me, no problem. That kind of thing. I like that he's throwing pies now, like bat meringue pies, like yeah. lemon meringue. He's got orange meringue. He's got lime meringue. It's great. I love it. Now, I'm going to say well, it was weird because I went into the movie and I watched it. And at the end, I went, that was a good movie. There's a lot of good stuff in it I like. Colin Farrell is the penguin. You can't see him. You can barely hear him in that role. It's fantastic. Phenomenal. Yeah. But I did not enjoy the movie. Mm. It was good. But I like a little bit more lightness, a little bit more fluff. And I felt like it was dark, but it didn't take that turn and go. It should have been rated R. And then when you see like the, they pull the body bag open and they go, oh, it's gross. And yeah, they, look at the picture here of the that. aftermath. Mm-hmm. And it's completely black. You can't yeah, see anything. You can't see anything. If they went that far, I would have been like, okay, this is cool and different and dark and weird and twisted. But instead it was like, it's dour and depressing, but that's that's it. I wanted more light or more dark. I don't know. It was it was too in between for me. So it was a good movie. I'm glad I watched it. There was a lot of good stuff in it that I did like. But overall, I went, well, I sure saw the Batman. But on the video game front, I played the Elden Ring, which I don't feel that way about. I play it and I go, I'm, pl- I'm playing the Elden Ring, and this is great and fun. I play Jeanne Dark and I go... I'm doing the tactics, and this is great and fun. And the story's going crazy places. All kinds of stuff is happening to my characters that I can't spoil or even talk about because you don't know. Oh, my God. It's nuts. And something else that is nuts 
This is why I'm the man who gazes at the stars of the man on the moon. I played through and beat Genesis Noir. I think I had played some of it last week and forgot to talk about it. But man, when I talked about how cool it was on the release that I did however many months ago, I should have played it right then. I don't know why I didn't. Whoa, it's fantastic and phenomenal and just artsy and sciencey and what an experience. Oh man, I thought it was kind of wearing thin on one aspect of it. And then when you got to the end, literally everything changes. It's all just wow. Everything goes on its head and it's just phenomenal and great. Whew. Everybody should play it. It's free on Game Pass. You should play it and, and do it. And if you like anything artsy or anything to do with astronomy, stars and stuff, it's all tied in together. There's 2001 Space Odyssey type stuff. What's even going on? I don't really know, but I love it. Woof, great. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, what's going on and I'm not sure I like it, Final Fantasy II Pixel Remaster. I did a stream of it just yesterday as we were recording this. How does that level up system work? I don't even know. I'm just I'm just playing through it. I'm getting through it. The story, hey, it's like the Batman all over again. Everything's sad. Everything's <laughs> everything's dark. People are dying left and right. The whole town's bombed and everyone's dead. Ah, it's super dark for a Final Fantasy game. But it's interesting. And I'm playing through it. And the music, ah, oh, the music in that is phenomenal. The last few dungeons I went into, you can hear it on the stream. I go, what is this music? It's so good. The boss theme is unlike any other boss theme I've heard in any other Final Fantasy game. It's like Arabian and cool, and I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. Yeah, I don't know how this level-up system works, and I don't like the magic or the weapon systems, but that music, even though, even though the dungeon design is not very fun or cool, being in that dungeon longer lets the song evolve. That remixed versions, obviously, with the actual orchestras, oh, it's just beautiful. I couldn't believe it when I was playing it last night. So I can't wait to play some more of that. And I feel like I've played something else, but I don't know what it is because now I'm so hyped up on Genesis Noir and that great music from Final Fantasy II Pixel Remaster. What about you, Eric? What did you do this week? Doggy. Well, like you said, I went and saw the Batman. And unlike you, I liked that show. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I do agree with you on the aspect that it tried to ride the line. It tried to not get too dirty and deep and be dark and just nasty. But it also tried not to get light and just be that typical Batman where he's flying around saving the day, doing superhuman crap that he's not actually capable of because he's not a superhero. But beyond that, I just loved the chemistry I felt with you know uh, Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman, and him. I felt like that was a really good play on the Catwoman-Batman thing. It didn't go too deep to where Batman was making stupid decisions because of mm -hmm. her and she was making stupid decisions because of him. It was a nice bounce. Each of them knew what they wanted. They did what they wanted. But they kind of just, hey, I know what you need. I will help you with this, but I'm going my own way afterwards. Don't worry about it. Or I need your help specifically with this. Because yeah. I'm trying to do my own thing. But if you just come and help out with this, then we can both kind of get what we want. Exactly. And, and that's how it went. And it felt good. And I won't spoil any more beyond that. But I will just say I did like the chemistry between those two and how it worked out in the show. I also enjoyed, like you said, the Penguin kind of like evolving and becoming who and what he is, and then the whole backstory behind that and how it all came to be. I don't know. It just felt good seeing a Batman who was still a Batman, but was more in the, I'm trying to solve these crimes, figure out what the hell's going on. I'm not Bruce Wayne. I, I've never been. People love this, and I never loved it. I've never loved the split personality of Bruce Wayne and Batman. I don't like it when he's like, I'm bad, I'm bad, bad. And he's killing people, going nuts. And then they turn the scene and all of a sudden he's like, <laughs> touching women's hair and just, oh, I'm so sexy. I'm Bruce Wayne with all my money. And this one they were like, no, Bruce Wayne's, he's gone. There ain't no Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne's pretty much just giving up on being Bruce Wayne. He is the Batman. Bruce Wayne's just a side extension who's like lost, doesn't know what the hell's happening, doesn't care anymore. And I was like, that's what real life would be. Real life wouldn't be he's literally bipolar and one side of him's like, and the other side's like, I'm so rich and beautiful. Look at me. Oh, saving, saving this world. Wee. None of them clicked with me. This one clicked. 
Where it's just like, hey, yeah, I am Bruce Wayne. I understand I got a bajillion dollars, but I'm not here. I don't know. I don't know what you want from me. I just don't get it. I don't care anymore. You're supposed to be a philanthropist and helping people. I I don't even know what that word means. I don't care. And then all he does is just be the Batman. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's more along the lines of what somebody in that world would probably do. And I'm just going to spend my money on doing this thing to get revenge. And the story goes on where it goes on. But I don't know. I really liked it. I had a great time. I'm now very hopeful and cross my fingers that for freaking wants in this world they stick with something and they stick with this batman for more than a couple movies and we can move forward with it but i know it's not it's not gonna happen i know even if he gets one more they'll probably change after that to another new batman it's gonna be great we so i don't i don't know how to feel at the end of the day because i'm like yeah i'm tired of seeing a million different batmans I just want something to continue for a little bit and, and, and give me a nice, good story arc and a resolution. And you never get that. I will say that I hope when and then if further down the line they continue with this Batman, they keep it grounded and then make it darker. Mm-hmm. Like if he's hunting like Zaz the next time or you know, uh, like Black Mask or some crime bossy type dude, I've seen so many people on Twitter go, oh yeah, Mr. Freeze should be the bad guy in the next one. Mm-mm. I'm like... No, that's not this world. Shooting people with an ice gun? I mean, if you saw yeah, the movie... they didn't do mystical weird stuff in this one, yeah. If you saw the movie, you know what Riddler's ultimate plan was. There's nothing special about it. Mm-mm. It was, you know, there's no scarecrow in this universe releasing fear toxin that makes you go scared. Yeah, weirdo. There's no ice guns. There's no mythical weird weaponry. It was all very grounded. Clayface isn't going to be in this one. Who? I'm really Bruce Wayne. People shot guns. Yeah, it's grounded and it's it's real and dirty. And Batman got jacked up by guns. You know, just regular things. And I'm like, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Because guess what? There ain't no technology right now that allows you just to be impervious to anything. When a man shoots you with a bunch of bullets. Well, you might have something that can protect you from dying because of it, but you're still going to be hurt. It's still going to bruise and break bones, possibly. And that all happens in this movie. And it feels right. It feels at least in a semblance of reality. And I like that. Yeah. You know, there is a time and place for fantastical, but I like this Batman that's just kind of like real. There was the hallway scene that was more fantastical than yes. that. Yes. But the majority of it is grounded. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a bat copter that just swings in because, you know, he pushes two buttons on his wrist and it comes in. Everybody gets what we're talking about. Go see it. Go check it out. I'm just saying, it's worth watching. I liked it more than Matt did, but Matt at least liked it enough to say, go watch the damn show. So go check out the Batman. Just telling you. And of course, for games I played, real quickly, Lost Ark, a little bit of that. Don't get me wrong. This game's awesome. It's great. I want to play it more. The unfortunate reality, though, is... Elden Ring and Horizon from Ben West have been in there, and I'm just like, I really, really want to play these games. And so I only play that game when uh, the individual I play it with goes, hey, no, seriously, get the hell on. What are you doing? Let's go. And I'm like, all right, you're right. You know, I haven't played this pretty much all week. So a little bit of Lost Ark. I've got some more levels. I'm still not maxed out yet, which I, from what I hear, the max level game in that, like what you can do with the raids and everything else, is just fantastic. And I, I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice by not actually just finishing it and getting to that point where I can do some of that stuff. Because the dungeons I have done are super awesome. I mean, I'm telling you, Matt, you'd enjoy them too. Like, they're, they're all super interactive. Stuff's going on. Bad guys, are you know, they're showing you where their movesets are going to go and you just got to avoid them. And damage is happening and then a whole story arc's going on where the hero of the story, who isn't really you, is this other character and he's like, Oh my god, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, boss comes in. And all sorts of really cool, flashy, fun stuff happens. It's very exciting. And it's all very streamlined. Like, you'll just play, click, one button, boom, whole group forms. You guys go rolling in and have a great time. It's all very easy. It's all very simple. It's fun. This game's great. It really is. It's just, unfortunately, it's got two other games, Horizon and Elden Ring right now, that I just want to play nonstop. And then even on the other end, Horizon, here we go. I'm like, all right, Eric, let's do a Horizon. Let's do a few hours of this. And I go in for about 40 minutes, and I'm like, all right. I'm just doing question marks, doing little things, man, run, run. And then I go, Eric, you 
I should get an Elden Ring. Like, well, stop it. We're having fun. I know you are, but you could have even more fun on Elden Ring. <sighs> I hate you right now, Brain. So I turn off Horizon and I get an Elden Ring. And then I'm just exploring, finding stuff, which is hilarious because in Elden Ring, I love it. I love it to death. Having so much fun with this game. But I'll get out and I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm even doing anymore. I don't know where I'm supposed to. Well, I do know where I'm supposed to go, but I'm not ready for that. I'm not going to beat him. I know I'm going to get my ass kicked. So where do I even go? Well, go to Khalid. You know, you haven't been there very often. Everything, everything there kills me. Everything there is like death. Pure death. Well, where else am I supposed to go? I don't know. So I go in there. And I find these caves. And I find these tunnels. And I find these cool bosses. And I can't beat any of them. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to even be doing right now? I, I don't know. So then I go wander off to Dragonsboro area. And Man, I could beat these dudes, but it like takes every last thing of my MP to do it, to get one of them down. And I'm like, well, if I go in a dungeon or something here, there's more than one before a grace point. I'm not going to beat this. What's even the, what's the point? I don't know where I'm going. Oh, man. All oh, these secrets. All these secrets I find. All this cool stuff I see. But what is? why are people saying they could do this stuff? I'm, I'm getting my butt kicked here. So like, I'm still loving the hell out of it. And I'm still exploring and finding new dungeons, new things around every corner. And I get lucky sometimes. There'll be an occasional one where I beat the dungeon or I find this giant dragon that I uh, a note gets left behind on a, a way to get rid of this dragon without having a problem or whatever. And I'm like, well, I just so happen to have that. And all of a sudden, boom, I get some really cool stuff. And it's great and I feel good. But I'm like, I don't know. I feel weird right now because I'm like, I'm like level 47. And people are like, I beat the game at 35. And I'm like, I'm level 47 and I can't I can't do pretty much anything still. I'm pretty much an idiot still. So, all right, Eric, you got to figure out what the hell's going on here. You got to start to figure out, like, what, what this, what I'm supposed to do as an astrologer. Because it ain't working out the way it's supposed to. I, I get lucky here and there and there's some stuff I can do. But there's some bosses that are absolutely annihilating me. And I'm like... How would I defeat that? I don't even... I can't even comprehend it. So it's, like, wonderful and it's great. And I'm not, like, mad I'm giving up or anything. But I'm like, there's something I'm missing in this game still. I don't, there's something I don't I don't know about that I should know about. Or some kind of thing I'm I'm not supposed to commit to that I am. You know? And I'm like, I don't know where to... I don't even know where to go with it. But it's great. And I love it. And I just want to play it. So that's the uh, last thing I've been doing this week. It is pretty crazy because I was just watching, you know, I, I'm not trying to watch a lot of footage, but I watched some people's clips of their gameplay and like the the boss that we just beat, Margaret. I was watching somebody fight that. The person playing had a sliver of the HP that I had or that I'm sure either of you guys had and they're rolling around and fighting. You know, they get hit once and they're dead. But I'm like, how would anybody beat that boss with this much? Like, sure, if you dodge literally everything he does, you could do it. How can how could you do that though? I don't. How can I have a hard time with this much health? And people are going in with this much health, like to even try it. I would never even try it. I would walk in once and go, ah, nope, nope, nope. So yeah, there's. I don't know. I don't know if there's something we're missing, but there's something that those people know that we don't. I don't mm-hmm. think it's like, you know, because I feel like my solo. I'm I'm doing better. I'm getting better. I feel better all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to go back to those things that gave you trouble before. That's the and thing kick is, the like with trash mobs, I'm smoking them. Yeah, trash mobs. I'm over here just like lols. This ain't even real. It's not real. But then I'll go into this random dungeon, and I'll work my way through trash mobs, get all the way down, and I'll get to this boss. And the boss goes, "Rough," and all of a sudden, I'm dead. He he just laughs. laughs. He he says like a word, and I'm dead. And I'm like, was there a way to beat that? So I'll go back in, going maybe. Maybe as soon as I enter, I got to, like, dodge roll to the right. And I'm dead. And I go, I don't, under- I don't understand. I don't understand. I just beat this whole dungeon all the way to this boss. Uh-huh. No problem. Didn't have an issue. And I walk in, and, I, I, and he says a word, and I die. What am I missing? What's going on? Is it some kind of elemental thing that you have to have to do this particular boss? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. How am I supposed to know? It's impossible. <laughs> But you still want to know. Oh, I still want to know, and I still want to figure it out. 
And you still want to go down more paths and find more weird stuff. I think that's, we said it before, that's the magic of it. Like, it is hard and, it's, and it will punch you in the face sometimes. But once you get out of face punch zone and you go like down two blocks to Cakewalk City or, or it's a little tough, but you still doable city, it feels great. It feels amazing. Or you go down two more doors and they do punch you in the face, but then you could punch them in the face too. That's great. Oh, I don't know. It's it's so weird and wild and wonderful. It is. It's a strange, a strange, wonderful game. I'm so glad we we got into it, and I'm so glad we're playing it. I can't wait to play it tomorrow night with all everybody and have a good time, beating some more bosses, handling some more business that I typically probably wouldn't do on my own. So exciting. But of course, what's also exciting is games coming out, man. Is anything? Anything coming out that was interesting to you this week? Or What a perfect time for this game to come out. Now, if anybody's a long-time, well, not that long-time listener of the show, you know, my number two game of the year last year was The Artful Escape, a musical, colorful adventure. What did I just get done playing this week? Genesis Noir, a musical, colorful adventure. What released this week? A musical story. A musical, colorful game all about three friends who make a band and they kind of travel across the country or across Europe to try to go to a music festival. And this this game chronicles their trip and their lives and their trials and tribulations. I'll spoil the framing device right away because that's, I think, the first thing you see in this game. You play as one of the characters who is in a coma, so something bad happened. And what's happening through the game is you're kind of reliving his memories of forming the band and playing gigs and then going out and this and that and the other thing. And it's all framed around kind of the songs they play and musical tracks. This is a rhythm game and a narrative game woven together without any words. So the gimmick is you'll start off, you'll watch some scenes, some music will be playing in the background. Then like a little, a little circle will expand in the middle of the screen and you'll listen to the first few bars of a song or a tune. You know, you get the beat going and then kind of going counterclockwise around the circle, you'll see the notes that you have to play. And I think it's pretty simple. Like, you know, L1 and R1 are left and right on here. And so you tap or hold them to the rhythm as it goes around the circle. Once you fill the circle up with all the beats you were supposed to match, then it kind of expands out some more, and you get to see a scene with that character, you know, strumming on his guitar, and then it'll go to the keyboard player, you know, practicing the keyboard in the basement. You know, and the, you'll get a few bars of their track, and then do 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 to do do do. Once you match that, boom, it irises out, moves on to the next thing. And once you beat a few of those in a row, then you'll see some narrative scenes in a row of how they're living their lives or what's going on. Like the main guitar player, he works in this in a cannery where he's just canning beans, slapping labels on the beans. And I haven't watched a lot of this because the game is only like three to four hours long if you just plow all the way through. So I don't want to know too much, but I've heard the story goes to some pretty dark places, like surprisingly dark places. But if you are interested at all in narrative games, rhythm games, games featuring music that kind of go different places and are have unique presentations, just like the two that I have just experienced recently, check out A Musical Story. It's developed by Glee Studio, which is a very small French studio published by Digirati. It's only 15 bucks out there. Like I said, it's only a few hours. Some people have been complaining that, man, it's really hard to hit those buttons in time with the music. I don't know. I grew up playing music, so maybe it's easier for me. But watching a few segments of gameplay, I feel like it gives you, if you're musically inclined, enough time to kind of get that beat going. So when the notes do start appearing, like it plays through the sequence once, and then you match it, and then the story scene progresses. I feel like it gives you enough of a head start, and if you're used to reading and looking at music, you'll follow along. If you like Simon, hey, it's just like Simon. You know, do that. If you like Parappa the Rapper, anything like this, it's just that. But a really unique presentation, really unique art style. It takes place in the 70s, so it's unique wardrobes and outfits. Like, they fix up an old van, you know. It's, it's all folksy, rock and roll type of going across the country and playing at a festival type of a story. So if any of that resonates with you, a lot of it resonates with me. Check out A Musical Story, because I'm going to be checking it out and having a good time with it. What about you, Eric? What do you got this week? Well, 
I've done something we don't typically do. I jumped a little bit ahead into the future, man. Oh, my right. God. What? This game doesn't technically come out till March 15th for the Nintendo <sighs> Switch and PlayStation 4. It is The Cruel King and The Great Hero. But this is one of those games where it would probably slip through the cracks, and then by the time we get to the next episode, there's going to be something that's more mainstream that comes out. But I took a peek at this game, and I was very impressed by what I saw. Because it really brought back memories of me playing the N64 version of Mario RPG. You know, Paper Mario, the OG Paper Mario. Awesome side-scrolling RPG. Beautifully, you know, hand-drawn. Had that really cool, like, aesthetic to it. This game is completely in that same vibe. It is uh, published by NIS America. Developed by, of course, NIS. It comes out on the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4. And what it's about is this young girl, you, she is the daughter of this great hero. And before she was ever born, this great hero was battling the Demon King. He beat the Demon King, chopped off the Demon King's horn, which gave it all of its power. They then became really good friends, lived happily together for many years. The hero ended up having a daughter named Yu. And then the hero had this uh, issue where they got sick, fell ill... And said, oh, upon my dying bed, could you, now the Dragon King, not the Demon King anymore, could you raise my daughter, you know, tell, show her what's right, show her what's right, blah, 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 blah. Anywho's the Dragon King now goes, of course, this is my road to redemption. You know, I'll raise the hero's daughter and show the world that I'm not what I was back then. And so the Dragon King now raises you and she wants to become a hero just like her father because, of course, the Dragon King at this point has been telling her stories all about what he used to do, etc., etc. And so she goes off on an adventure in this, you know, side-scrolling 2D adventure. And this is where it's really cool. In the back, it's treated like a book. So you're going for these different areas and then it flips like book pages. And there's a narrator who kind of tells you what's going on as you're going through it. But in the background, as you're fighting enemies and interacting... You'll see the Dragon King in the background, kind of like hiding behind bushes, doing things. So the whole time you, the character, is interacting and, and, and battling and then summoning spells, it's just the Dragon King giving her the ability, yes, throwing him over and, sh and kind of buffing her up and making her feel powerful and doing the thing. So she's on her own adventure to become her own hero. But, of course, it's really the Dragon King doing it all in the background and that's just awesome and the environment itself is of course you're in this whole backwater area because you know the hero and the former demon king couldn't just go into the major cities so you're in these forests with all these villages of monsters and and creatures etc and some of them don't like humans which is what you are so you have to deal with the fact that some of them like you some of them don't and you can choose to be you know forceful with them kind to them change their minds this and that and, of course, through the whole story, build friendships, build enemies, having this wonderful traditional RPG experience, you know, battle, magic, etc. And while you're going, you'll get, uh, you won't get a set team, but during different environments, different characters will join you for that particular area. And then you utilize them just like you would your own self, you know, magic item, attack, etc. Use their abilities and then forge friendships while you're going. Now, do they have their own abilities, or does the Demon King also go like me? me no, me, they me. have their own abilities. Okay. So the friends you encounter, yes, they actually do have their own skill sets. You are the only one who is obviously just wielding a, a twig whom the Dragon King you know, imbues with a flame spell and allows you to just do whatever. So it's really neat. It's really fun. Uh, you know, I'd say it's cute, but it did look really cool and it caught my eye. And, I, and that's why I said at the front end this. It's something that right now with no big major AAA, whatever that I would usually tell you about. I was like, Ooh, this looks cool. Let me check it out. And it did look cool. And it's something I would definitely would like to play. Obviously with all these damn games around me, it's, it's hard to say that I would, but if you're not like me and you don't have to go play all these dumb AAA games and you're like, Oh, I got to play them because that's what I said I'd do. I would recommend you check out The Cruel King and The Great Hero because it is a traditional, side-scrolling, awesome little hand-drawn, beautiful RPG, great music, the whole nine, that I think everyone should take a peek at, at the very least. And man, speaking of games that look really cool and have a unique style and are games that everybody should go take a peek at, it's something that I almost didn't take a peek at. 
because Gearbox tweeted out, they were like, hey, Have a Nice Death is now available for early access on Steam. And I went, what's that? I don't know nothing about that. Fooey. I said fooey out loud as I was holding my phone and reading the announcement. And then I went, no, man, come on now. Obviously, Gearbox Publishing is publishing this because obviously Gearbox didn't develop it. Go research it. Go look at it. I went on Steam, clickety-clack, and I watched the trailers. This is a very, very, very stylish 2D action roguelike where you are playing as death and kind of going against your employers because they've all gone nuts. If you have any inclination towards 2D action games, roguelike or not, or you just like things that have a really cool visual style, go check out the trailers and screenshots and things in this game. The hand-drawn animation and the character designs and everything look phenomenal. Just go watch it in action. I mean, it reminds me, the closest thing I can compare it to just because of the fluidity of the animation would be something like Cuphead. And some of the characters have that general style. It doesn't look like Cuphead does, but the way it flows and moves, and it's all hand-drawn, hand-animated, and you can tell. It just looks great. So I totally slept on this. Now it's in my Steam wish list. I don't usually do early access games, but I might for this just because it looks so cool. And I do like 2D action roguelikes. So if you were sleeping on it and you saw that announcement went, what's that? Poofy fooey? Don't say that anymore. Go check it out. I'm more or less sold. Once it's once it's complete, I'm gonna get it because it looks it looks beautiful. Wow. So cool. And of course, you're talking beautiful, Matt. You're talking butt stallion. Butt stallion's mm-hmm. about as beautiful as they come. And Gearbox was like, hmm, we want to get all the kids interested in Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. What do we do? Well, what are the kids playing? That's that in that weird Fortnite game that Matt and Eric used to cover all the time. You remember that oh, game? Where the we Dark play- Ages. <laughs> <laughs> the game that shall not be named. The de- <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, Matt. Right now, you can go play in Fortnite and get butt stallion, which will allow you to glide across the landscapes to all sorts of new environments and areas and escape death. From all those inhospitable, evil other players who want to shoot you down and screw you over, Butt Stallion shall carry you to fame, fortune, and reward if only you get her and only you understand her potential in Fortnite. And by golly, Matt, it feels so good to be returning to Fortnite and talking no, about that game again. <sighs> no, you remember, Matt, when we used to hide in the houses? We'd hide in the houses and we'd wait for like half the people to die. And then we'd like try to sneak around in bushes and other houses getting closer and closer and never encounter a single enemy, just trying to hide until we won the game. Remember that? Remember the the one person we saw was either the one person we killed and got our mm-hmm. victory royale that one time because we did it. I yep. have video we, footage well, we of it. We have footage, yes. Or it would be the one person we saw killed us both and that was it. Yep. What a great game of just don't even look at people. Don't even nope. shoot your gun except for once or twice. That's It was wow. great because we would just talk. We'd just hang out, That's, drink that beers, and true. talk in houses that was cool. while we waited for the uh, the little environment to shrink and, and do its thing. Man, we're all, God bless those games. Before <laughs> that, remember when we actually would actually play the, the original game? Uh-huh. Remember where it was like zombies were coming and you build forts and, mm-hmm. and protect it against the zombies and stuff? Wow. That was man. actually, you know, it was actually fun. I like that. That was an actually cool mode that they got rid of and just abandoned. <laughs> it was pretty neat. Now, I will say before we go off the topic, to get Butt Stallion in Fortnite, you do need to pre-order Tiny Tina's Wonderlands on the Epic Game Store. Mm-hmm. But if you're on PC... Half of you love Epic Game Store anyway, so you probably did it already. So if you're going into Fortnite, you're going to be all linked up. You're going to be all snazzy jazzy. You're going to have her as your glider. You're going to be like riding Butt Stallion down from the dropship or the drop bus, like balloon drop bus, bus whatever go. it is. You I got it right. Know. You know what you're Sheesh. talking about. You got it. It's okay. I you remember. Right back I into remember. that Fortnite world. You know what's happening. Uh. Don't try to pretend like you don't. Gosh, so get in there, have some fun. If you're still loving that Fortnite and you still want to support Borderlands and have some good times, that's there for you. Now, before we get into all the Wonderlands news, though, PlayStation went and said, hey, we're going to have a state of play, guys. Don't get all crazy, though. It's going to be a 20-minute event. It's going to showcase some stuff from our brethren across the seas for the most part. And that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. And I got super hyped. You know, I got my little dream world where I was like, oh, this, all this crazy stuff might happen. I knew it wasn't going to, but I still got hyped for it. And sure enough, most of it didn't happen. And then we kind of were negative on it, me and Matt. You know, we, we were texting each other, eh, 
kind of meh, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, nothing super crazy. But then I was looking at it, and I kept looking at it. And I go, wait a minute, Eric, listen, I mean, it actually wasn't that damn bad. Strangers of Paradise got a demo that's out, ready and available. Supposedly. I went on later that night, because they went, later today. And I went, this is about as late as today as it can get for me. It wasn't there. So maybe well, they meant like... It's there now, because okay. it's downloaded just as we speak, about as of 15 minutes ago, it did the little prompt, said, Eric, it's finally ready to play. And I I'm like, I really want to play that. it. Yeah. yeah. And this is a game that's weird for me, because I don't have an interest in it. I should, but I don't. But now that it has the demo, well, it's already had a demo before, but now it has a demo for me to play, Yeah, I'm excited. I'm like, wait a minute, Eric. I'm playing Elden Ring. I'm handling business. And this is based off the folks who did Neo. You know, they made this particular title. And it's, of course, the origin story for the bad guy, Garland, in, in Final Fantasy 1, which is awesome and cool. And I'm like... Which I just played through. Yeah. You just played through it. So now you're like, oh, why don't I learn where this bad guy came from, his origin story? And it, it looks fun. It looks cool. It looks challenging. So now, as I just said, I downloaded the demo. And I'm like, I need to play this. So right now I have this fervor, even above Elden Ring right now, I want to go get in that demo and just check it out and see like, if it's something that's up my alley or not and get in on it. So I'm excited about that. This is a two-hitter for me because, one, obviously we're just in Elden Ring, so tough boss battles, I it can't be that bad because it can't be as bad as this. Or if it is, now I'm starting to love that, so I'm excited to see what this can bring. And then, two, I've been on my Final Fantasy Marathon Hey, here's another Final Fantasy or Final Fantasy adjacent related game. I'm going to have to play that too. So I'm, I'm doubly excited for this. Outside of that, there's not a lot that I was excited for. I would say the Returnal co-op and like Challenge Tower thing got me excited because I love that game. I still haven't beaten the base mode of it. But hey, if I could run through it with a random human, that would be super awesome. Maybe that random human's me. Maybe it is. Because the tower mode I didn't give two poops about. But the co-op, I went, oh. Like, I love, I I used to love Gradius, and I used to love Life Force and games like that. And that's basically what this game is. It's just you're yeah. human instead. And I went, man, but by myself, I'm, I hate roguelikes, so I don't want to do it. But I said, but if I could play with a buddy, this might be actually really cool and remind me of the days when me and James just constantly playing Gradius and Life Force and having a good time together. So that part got me stoked. And see, I thought, man, that'd be cool to play through with Eric. He'll never get this game, though. He'll never, he'll never buy it. So, hey, if you can get it no, on sale or on the Chiefs, yeah, I was gonna say, on we could sale, actually do it pretty cool. I might do it. Exactly. So that kind of got me a little excited. And then, of course, the new uh, the Ghostwire game, they did another thing of that. And that one's I've been on the fence about. I, I can't tell you, honestly, I'm going to go buy it like you know as soon as it hits, which is relatively soon, but... I'm interested in it. And when I'm showing more, I was like, I'm, I'm willing to watch more on this. And then it was the same with Forspoken. I was excited about Forspoken. I was sold on it. But then they showed another thing and then delayed it. And I'm like, I'm mixed on this. That's, that was bad form. Because they delayed I, I it like, like a week or two ago. And they went, hey, look, check it out. It's Forspoken. Yeah, but, but it's, it's not. It's not coming out anytime soon. It's not. Bogus. You can't, you, can't sh- you can't delay it five months and then say, hey, look. There's a all this really cool it. stuff. This just sucks though because, like we talked about, the trailer was good. The trailer was great. It was showing really cool, all these aerobatic, fast-moving, fast-paced skill sets. Things happen, and I'm totally down with that. That's that's where I like to be. It felt right. It felt good. But like you said, they were like, "Oh, but it's not coming out for six, seven months, or whatever." And I'm like, "Well, then don't show it to me right now. Show that really cool trailer like two months out, a month or two months out." So that way I can get hyped and know that it is right around the corner. But instead I'm like, no, this game is going into the backlog of my brain to mildly exist for the next five, six months. So you kind of wasted your space and you wasted your time and you wasted your moment getting me hyped for no reason because I'm not going to get hyped because it's not coming out. Here, I'll play devil's advocate like I always do, though. You probably got a bunch of people went, ah, forespoken, I got delayed, ha, it's probably because it's stupid and dumb. Oh, Look at this cool trailer with all these fast-moving skills and stuff. Oh, that actually looks really cool. I'm going to put that back on my radar. True, yeah. Because I saw the delay and I dismissed it. But look at this. 
All right, that looks pretty cool. I don't know. There's my devil's advocate Maybe it post for the day, you know. <laughs> Maybe it worked for those that weren't particularly interested and now they are. But beyond that, I don't know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing, it's cool, but I'll never play it. I don't play old games. As much as I adore old games, I don't go back. I'm not a person who goes back, so. I still have old games in my heart. So if you can get, like, all the old games all together instead of, oh, buy this one for $10 on Switch and that one for $10 on Switch. Mm-hmm. Get it all in a clump. Hey, I played a ton of those games. Oh, yeah. I'll pick it up, especially if that goes on sale. You got to pick that up and have some good old old school times. And I'm going to say I was negative on it to start with. I still mostly am just because this tone seems too serious for what it is. I don't even know the name of it because it's just Anthem versus Dinosaurs. I saw it and I went, man, somebody really likes Anthem. Exo Primal. And then that's that, that's what it is, Exo Primal. And then a black hole opened in the middle of a city and a pile of dinosaurs fell out. Mm-hmm. Like a po- giant pile of dinosaurs pile. fell out and went running all through the city. And I went, that's so ridiculous. This needs to be Earth Defense Force except Capcom and with dinosaurs. It needs to be so over the top and goofy and silly with a dumb storyline full of stupid stuff. And one of your things has to like, you're like, hey, we're going to, we got to stop the giant Tyrannosaurus because there's one that's twice as big as any big one. And one of your Big Macs has to like carry a big shrinking pill. That's what this needs. Like over its shoulder, like an enormous, like two story shrinking pill that you have to throw in its mouth once you get damaged (laughs) enough. That's what this needs because, I mean, the combat looks fun. But this needs to be silly, and it doesn't feel silly. So I'm, I want to like this. I want this to be right up my alley. It's not right now, but it's still something I'm going to keep an eye on because the mech designs look cool. I love anything with dinosaurs. If it's not like a big, bloody, disgusting mess, which it didn't look like, it looked like mostly cartoony style action. Mm-hmm. I might get it on the cheap and play it. Who knows? Exoprimal, you might be all right. Just be ridiculous. Be be silly. Go over the top. Just yeah. do what you got to do. And then, of course, for me, last but not least, the Dealfield Chronicles and Valkyrie Elysium, which were both for uh, from Squaresoft for the PlayStation 5, PS4, respectively. Both of these titles, right up my alley. One after the other, they were like, oh, and lastly, let's let Square talk about some stuff they're doing. And, of course, I was like, oh, man, here we go, FF16 or something new out of... None of that happened. But both of these titles, a cool tactical RPG, but more more your fast-paced RPG, uh, tactical RPG, not your traditional tactical RPG. And then this weird Valkyrie Elysium, which is, just seems like a, a weird near-like title. Like you're kind of jumping around doing fast attacks, this and that, and this strange world with strange stuff happening. It vibed with me. Both of them felt good. I was like, well, I'm interested in both of these, but I don't know how it's all going to pan out. I feel like they're... They're doing these really cool titles, but on a budget right now. And I don't know how to feel about it because I love Square Enix and I love RPGs. And I know they're capable of like triple A craziness. But I feel like they're like, well, how about if we beat this B tier level stuff and kick it out quicker? And I get that. But at the same time, I'm like, well, but what if you just focused on like a couple really, really triple A tier badass titles that are going to be remembered for all the ages? So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of mixed. I'm like, these both seem really cool and adequate and fun. But I'm like, could you not just be making something that will be remembered for a thousand years from now instead, though? <sighs> you can't say that. Eric, why don't you go make a podcast that will be remembered in a thousand years? Do <laughs> I know, one show, I understand. Make one show but that's the greatest show that's it, ever Matt. been made. They're capable of it. So I will say both of these, they'll, they'll, they're on my radar, but obviously you know me. Here's here's two debut trailers. Okay, I'll be excited when I know what it is or what it's about or see some real gameplay or have a release date. I will say the tactics one, it threw me off because I'm so into Jeanne d'Arc right now that I love units on squares. Yeah. This wasn't units on squares, uh-huh. and I went, oh, I got to have my units on squares. Now, I've played a ton of other tactical RPGs that don't do that, so... Once I'm off of this kick right now that I'm in and triangle strategy coming out right there, that's more more units on squares. Mm -hmm. Once I get away from units on squares, I'm sure this will be very cool. But I just saw it and I went, where's my squares? I I need a grid. I can't have a grid. What's going on? It ain't real. It ain't real. It ain't real. (laughs) But it it still looked really good. So can't wait. Look forward to seeing more about it and uh, probably buy it. And then it'll be in my backlog and it's going to be too much. It's going to be crazy. 
So I didn't expect either of us to have nearly as much to say on the state of play as we actually did because we were so not negative, but so eh on it at the time. <laughs> so we've chewed up a lot of the show talking about that. But the other big news of the show this week, two big newses. Eric, you know what the two big newses are. It's Wonderland's announcements. The Chaos Chamber, the end game of Wonderlands was announced and discussed. I won't say really shown off because I watched the trailer and there wasn't much going on there except for big faces. What's with the big faces? I don't like big faces. We've established that. There's a show in the archives called No More Big Faces. I'm pretty sure that's the title of it. And then also season pass details were revealed. Which one do you want to start with, Eric? Go for it. Let me know. All right. So let's start off with the fact, Matt, that they went, hey, We've already got the title coming out March 25th for you. But on top of that, we're already hard at work on the season pass. And here's what you're going to get from that. That was beautiful. Yeah. I thought that was an epic move. Instead of just saying, hey, hey, just trust that we're going to do some DLCs and it's going to be great and it's worth your money. Come, come get the Ultimate Edition with those DLCs included. They went, no, here are the DLCs. Here's what we're promising you for the next four, you know, Spots that you purchase. I got two things on this one. First off, not only are they already talking about it and revealing it, the first drop happens a month after the game launches. I think it said April 25th is the first drop of that. So, mm-hmm. A, fantastic. Everything you said, fantastic. That fantastic. B, this proves that they listen to the show as they always do. We, we say it all the time. I think maybe I cut this bit so they're so insidious they're in the Discord listening to us. But remember that part where I was like, didn't they announce a season pass? Did they say what's in it? And we both searched on our phones mm-hmm. and it went content drops and they didn't say it. And so maybe I did cut it. So we were wondering what was in it. Now we get to see some stuff that's in it. Not only another class, which they're not going to talk too much about well, right that'll now. That'll be but the look, last one. Yeah. Yeah. Looked like a little onion knight dude, but who knows what it's actually going to be. But they talked about the mirrors of mystery. Eric, I told you this would be a bit on the show. What do the Mirrors of Mystery sound like? You go through a tale where a character tells you a story and you fight a boss at the end. And then you go through the second time and they tell you more stuff that they didn't tell you the first time. And then the boss gets harder if you play it again the week after. Hmm, that sounds like an operation to me, dude. From that one game, Battleborn? Was that what you're talking about? Gosh, golly, I think that's oh, what I'm talking it's, about. It's so weird that they're incorporating this crazy idea that they had in a previous game into the wonderful freaking Borderlands, huh? It's pretty neat, isn't it? Wow. And <laughs> the, the craziest part. <laughs> Remember how many things in Borderlands 3 we said? That's totally going to be like the operations, and none of them were. None of this them. This sounds like it really has potential to be like that. I really hope so. And I, I'll tell you, before the show started, I was confused. Because, of course, I got big into the Chaos Chamber, which we'll talk about here in a minute, too. And for whatever reason, I I got tied up going, okay, going into the mirrors is going into the Chaos Chambers. No, it's a completely separate thing. The mirrors is a whole different operation, handling business. But as you unlock that and unlock those boss, the boss and its harder versions, that unlocks more versions of variations also in the Chaos Chamber. So I think that's where the confusion came and what I was thinking in my brain and how this was going to go down. But, of course, they got four DLCs. They got, like you said, the brand-new character will be the last one. They've got the Butt Stallion pack, which is going to give you all sorts of cool cosmetics and fun things to do with your characters. They've got the Mirrors, which is going to be the whole cool operation from what we're hoping. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, I just, you know, it's it's wonderful when you get these things, man. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, okay, I see exactly what you're doing. Here's exactly what you're getting. And it's exciting to see it. I only wish that the the class would come out earlier, so you could have a chance to maybe roll that class for the you know the what we hope to be the mirrors, the operations for that portion of it instead of at the very end once you've done everything else, then the new class drops. What does give me hope too, though, is all this is very exciting, and you do have a good point. I hope that one does come like maybe in the middle somewhere. You know, maybe this is where that class kind of came from. Here's a history of the Onion Knights or whatever they're going to be called. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they they specify that some of these mirrors will be individual drops makes me hopeful for a season pass two or a season three pass where you could just keep making these self-contained operations and dropping them in and dropping them in. Instead of, I mean, we liked 
the Borderlands 3 season pass part two with the behind the scenes stuff and the avid, you know, detective missions. But it wasn't like this. Like, I would love to see just plop, plop, plop. Hey, six months down the road. Hey, we're working on season pass part two. You know, the other side of the room where those mirrors are at or the, you know, the area. Now there's doors appearing over there. Now there's doors in the courtyard. Now there's, you could, you could drop doors to anywhere, literally anywhere. Hey, there's secret stuff that's going to appear on the map. Maybe if you find the door in, you know, the secret forest, you follow around, there's like a maze forest or something. Hey, we put a door in there. You could do stuff with the overworld, all kinds of stuff. Well, and they introduced this new character, Vesper. So she's going to kind of lead you on and give you the tale, you know, as you're going through the mirrors and doing things. It's what we discussed at a former episode in which since you're in Bunkers and Badasses, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. You could keep Vesper around, and she could just tell you any number of tales, any number of stories using mirrors, doors, etc. It doesn't matter. So as long as this, it is successful and people want to play this and have fun in it, you don't have to stop with just these four DLCs. You can keep this going until you're ready to unleash Borderlands 4 on the PlayStation 6 to the world. You don't even need to stop with just Vesper. Maybe Season Pass 2... I was going to say Roland. Obviously, you can't do Roland. But uh, Mordecai takes a swing at, you know, making a couple stories. Brick comes in for a special mirror of mystery, telling the story of his siren Brick, who is the prettiest. You could do all sorts of stuff with this, you know, little onesie twosie content drop type of stuff, just like they did before. All those characters who told those cool stories. It it branched off Could and it have went any crazy places. Of crazy bunkers and badass story. Imagine, yeah. as we always resort to, and I, I don't care. I'm not even apologetic. Imagine a tour bunkers and badass story. Mm-hmm. What would that be like? What would be a DLC of just going through a bunkers and badass tale that he had to tell? Mm-hmm. It'd be insane. It'd be so much fun. Claptrap could do one Clap with trap. all these claptraps. Oh. They could have Jim working just as hard as he did for Oscar Mike <laughs> on that Oscar Mike DLC well, imagine with Oscar all the clap Mike traps. dropping into a bunkers the badass. Imagine mm-hmm. that. I mean, the insanity, and it makes sense because you're in bunkers and badass. So all of a sudden, you got this weird dude, Oscar Mike, shooting guns, going crazy. I was going to say that would be the the super secret tale of the claptrap mystery mirror is you go through and you go through all the different claptrap family all the different claptrap planets and all the different claptrap things and then oh yeah this other weird guy who kind of sounds like us dropped in out of nowhere who the hell are you i got eight holographic cats look at me go hell you could do you, you go themed dnd does this all the time mm-hmm. so battleborn themed bunkers and badasses so now you got characters talking about your. It's like Battlestar Galactica, except you're in Battleborn, and mm-hmm. it's this whole tale of Battleborn just being retold in a in a bunkers and badass story, and you're just playing the characters of the different Battleborn characters mm-hmm. as they go through a a freaking Borderlands, you know, narration and, and, and environment or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. The possibilities that they could do here are crazy. And the potential of it, just where they could go as long as people want it and play it, is just astronomical. And I, I, it hurts my soul, man. It just hurts my soul because there's so many ideas. And I'm like, well, realistically, though, are they going to do all that? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But Maybe. And the fact that, that all rolls into the Chaos Chamber, which we haven't even oh, I know, actually discussed awesome. yet. Which is awesome. Which is a... I mean, it's basically like a Hades run. Random rolls of random rooms with random enemies or objectives, like defend the statue against these enemies, but the next time you play it and it re-rolls, it's against these other types of enemies. Then you clear that room or you finish that objective, then you get a choice of two different doors to go through, and maybe it'll give you a hint of, this one, it's all about fire, and this one's all about beasts. Well, which one do we want to go for, Eric? I hate jumping through lava. Let's go for the beast one, and then it'll... Roll a random room with a random challenge. Three random rooms, then a mini boss. Three more random rooms, then an actual boss. One of the things that I I was kind of sour on, but I think is really cool, is one, you get three lives to go through the chaos chamber. So if you hit that one room and it's just kicking your butt and you go down, and you're like, oh man, you don't have to worry about losing that run. You get two more tries at it. But then the thing that I'm not sour on at all in any kind of way, is no matter where you, if you make it all the way to the end, if you fall in the first room, you get to keep any loot or weapons that dropped, that you picked up, 
from that run, you keep it all. You don't have to extract it. You don't have to make it all the way through to the end and deposit it. You just get to keep it. And it's nice and easy. For people who hate roguelites or extended dungeons where you fall and you fail and you don't get the reward, for both of those people, you don't have to worry in here. You run through and as far as you get, you keep everything you got. And if that's better, then you go further the next time. Perfect. And then on top of all what you just said, you get chances to be particular about what you're going for. So if you want to go for the SMGs, which was brought up earlier in a different episode of some other show, etc. Or you want to go for pistols or whatever, you can focus on that. So you know what kind of drops you're going for. You might not get what you want, but at least you have a better chance than it being completely random what you're getting. And that's awesome. No more sniper rifles or oh rocket launchers thank, for me. Thank Never. Goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> and that's awesome. And then, of course, while you're going through this, you're also collecting crystals, etc. So that way you can divvy them up and spend them where you want, like towards the end, you save them up towards the end, it can help you get towards more items, etc. Or the re-rolls you want for a particular item. I mean, that's insane. I was going to say, that's the thing that got me the most excited. You're taking your moon orbs out of this mode and then going back into the main game to re-roll your enchantments. Enchantment? Enchantment! Sorry, Dragon Age had to say it. Re-roll your enchantments for all those other items. And the thing that I love about that, too, is it's taking away the randomness from that as well. It'll roll you a random new one, but you can choose. Go with the new one, or keep your old one. You're not just throwing your gun in a grinder and, oh... Something I didn't want popped out. Or you're not just randomizing the stats and, oh, it it got horribly worse. Oh, well, guess I just have to do it again. Here, I'm randomizing it. Oh, don't like that. I'll just take my piece of equipment that I put in there. Thanks. I'll keep the enchantment that I had before. Thanks. I love that. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, by doing that, though, it does get exponentially more expensive. True. So the more you re-roll and the more you're trying to find that perfect thing, it costs more to get there. So then at that point, you do have to start to go, is it worth trying to re-roll this again or just abandoning it, keeping it as it is or whatever, or just trying to find another one? Then And hopefully it comes with some, a stat that you do want or at least it be a base so you can re-roll a few more times. There's a lot of strategy that comes with that. And then on top of all that, as Matt Cox like clarified, there's going to be different tiers. Now, in the beginning, there's going to be the chaotic tier, which is what you're going to do originally when you go into those. But once you get to be level 20, which is the, will be the current max upon it opening, it becomes uh, the volatile tier. And then from 20, while you're in the level 20, you can do the volatile, which is the higher bracket, which gets you the really cool stats, the end game stuff that you're looking for. And that's not it. Later on, they're going to do uh, Primordial Tier 3 and Ascended Tier 4, but they're not announcing when that's going to happen yet. But for now, upon opening it up, you get the Chaotic Volatile Tier, so you're going to be up there grinding this house, getting all the best things you can get, finding the guns you like, getting them re-rolled the way you want them. And that's not all. When you get 20, now you get to do it all again. And this is the kind of stuff that will get me to grind for gear more, because it will be randomized runs through a dungeon. Mm -hmm. It won't be the same thing. Hey, man, you want to run through Athenus again? It would be nice to get some cool stuff. Yeah, we just hope for drops from that guy and that guy. Oh, you want to run through Promethea again? Uh, not really. Okay. Hey, you want to run through this whatever? Random awesome whatever happens? Sure. Oh, my God, it's Tyrannosauruses. Oh, 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 it's, it's the tiny enemies. Oh, it's this thing that's actually kind of cool. Oh, defend the thing. Or they talked about one thing we didn't mention, one where there's two hot spots that you both have to stand on. So, hey, I can't come back you up, dude. Good luck. Put your pets down. Do your things. Do what you got to do. Try and stay alive. You know, all kinds of fun scenarios that we could do instead of just run down the hallway, shoot the bad guys from the mobs that we know. Yeah, here, here's where the, the motorcycle guys come out. Here's where the tank riders come out. So it just shakes everything up. When we you want to grind for gear, I'll jump in and we'll just run through these random things again. What's the mini boss? Cool random find? boss encounters. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And different environments, different baddies, different combinations of those. I think they said something like sixty different, sixty different variants that can mm-hmm. go all over the place while you're doing them. So, not infinite, but it's just ton of variation. Yeah. At your disposal, and that's perfect for me and you, because it's just like you said. I don't mind grinding. You don't like grinding that much, but if it's 
completely random and completely cool different things every time, or all most of the time, mm-hmm. you're going to be way more inclined to do that. And then while we're doing it, we're, like I said, we're getting those crystals, able to re-roll some of the cool stuff we get, get their awesome freaking weapons, etc. It just sounds like good news, like all around. I feel like as they, with each game, they're like, narrowing it down closer and closer to what is like perfection for both of us. Mm -hmm. Like Borderlands 3, it was getting closer, but it wasn't quite there because you still had to crank up the tier and then run through the same things you just did. Now you can crank up the tier and run through random stuff. So it's just, I love it. And I'm sure that it'll be just like, you know, you can put it up to true bunkers and badasses mode and go fight those bosses again if you still want a traditional grinding experience. Or... You can go in here and just do random stuff. I feel like it, they're they're getting closer and closer to just just Making the magic sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, appeasing every group and every individual that wants to go out and do whatever they want to do to get the cool badass gear that they want to have and have a good time. Yeah, it's it's really shaping up to be great, and it's right around the corner. And I mm-hmm. still, even as we talk about it, I still am not in the mode where I'm like, yeah, it's about to happen. Mm-hmm. It's still a mystery and a fable to me. I'm like, nah, it's it's. Somewhere down the line, that's happening. It's going to be great. I can't wait for it. And I'm like, Eric, it's like two weeks away. And I'm like, no, nah, it's not. It's it's, it's going to be there someday. It is so weird because we have the, the St. Paddy's Day party scheduled for that day. And I our know. buddy Brian was like, hey, that's launch day, you know. And I went, and in my brain, my initial reaction was, there's no way it's that soon. No way. No, and not. it totally is. Yeah, yeah. It's two weeks away. Yeah. So, I, of course, with that all being said, I immediately went, we're going to have to play Saturday night. So we're going to mm. have to do a double whammy that weekend. Oh, God. You better have take to. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. We're going to have to, though. There's no choice. <laughs> what are we going to do? Come on our episode that week after? Hey, we're going to play a game next week, though, for sure, guys. Nah, well, that ain't going to fly. <laughs> Maybe we'll fly. get together and play it like on normal days, like no, we're we supposed won't. to be Shut with up. all these other You're games. You're a liar. <laughs> Every time I wait for you to say we're going to play, you don't. So, no, it ain't going to happen. So we're going to be in there having a lot of fun. We're hyped about all this stuff that's been happening. Wonderlands is just becoming more of a wondrous land for all of us gamers out there. And it's right around the corner. So tell us what you think. What are you most hyped about with all these announcements? Let us know via the email, thirdshiftme.gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under thirdshift. Indeed, you can find us over on that old Facebook. It is confusing and makes no sense to me, but I'm over there, you know, sort of paying attention, trying to pay attention. But it's, I'm just telling you, Facebook's not a great place, all right, folks? I'm willing to tell you that. I'm willing to admit it. They don't really go like, hey, somebody responded to something. They're like, hey, you have 17 interactions. And you're like, what's the interactions? And then it just shows you, like, all this weird random shit. And it won't just show you that, like, actually somebody actually emailed the Facebook group and did a thing. It won't, it won't tell you that. It won't. It'll just be like, hey, look at all these things. And you're like, I don't know what any of this means. Total side tangent Facebook story, though. I signed back up for Facebook using some throwaway email mm-hmm. because a person who does really cool video game guides is on Facebook and he had a link to his stuff, but you can't see his stuff if you're not on Facebook. So I signed up. Immediately, they won't stop sending me emails Hey, Barnaby Jones, which is the name I used, which is now deactivated. Oh, you have two notifications. How? There's nobody who knows me on here. What is this? Hey, you have three notifications. Hey, you have four notifications. I can't have notifications. I didn't do anything. I looked at one page and I clicked a link outside of Facebook. What are you doing? What is what is uh-huh. this? Delete. Shut down. D- destroy email. Gone forever. <laughs> That's that is Facebook. the evil Facebook. It That's is the Facebook. evil Facebook. That's meta. It ain't Facebook no more. It's meta. Uh, meta has now done what it needs to do. But we are over there. We're also over on that wonderful Patreon. If you like what we're doing, like what you hear, want to support us, help us out, we treat it like a tip jar, everybody. Had a giggle, had a laugh, throw a buck our way. Throw two bucks our way, three bucks our way, any kind of bucks. Helps us keep the lights on, paying those bills on the onlines. You know, those pod beans are like, hey, we, we need to eat your soul. Or otherwise, we're not going to put your stuff online. And we're like, gosh, bless. Does it really require all that? It does. Okay, it really does. So anything you all have done in the past, future, present, it has helped immensely. Keeps us online, keeps us rock and rolling. And we appreciate it and you so very much. But, of course, as we always tell you, you don't have to do just that. You can mailbag questions. Talk about what you want to talk about. Make us talk about stuff you want us to talk about. 
you can go over there and you can give us five-star ratings on Spotify or the iTunes. One of those two, both of them preferably, gets us higher up in the metrics. We look really good. Everyone's like, wow, look at that podcast. <laughs> and we look like rock stars. It's so cool. It's so great. And you don't have to do anything except click a button. Click a button. You could change a man's life by clicking a button. Think of that. Imagine the power. Go to school the next day and be like, hey, Greg, <laughs> you know what I did? I clicked a button and I made people's lives better. I'm so great. How powerful are you? Think about it. And regardless, you are powerful enough to listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on the 17th on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. We really do appreciate it. We do. And I've already told you about the damn stars. I told you. Go do it. It makes you powerful. I mean, what what more does any human want? You all want to be powerful. You want to be number one in your stupid little stories of your own little lives. And you can do it by giving us five-star ratings because then you can be like, I made Matt and Eric better. It's me, Greg, or Jim, or Susan. I made their lives better. They couldn't do it for themselves because they're idiots. But I could do it by giving them five-star ratings, and I did. And now you're powerful. Now Tommy's like, wow, wow, Greg. I admire you because you improved two people's lives like that. Don't don't tell Apple, but I, I made us powerful by submitting a review myself as well. And you did too. I remember. We told that story on the podcast. <laughs> yes, we did. But what are, what are we supposed to do? We have to take care of ourselves if no one else is going to, right? That's what we always say. That's right. And you know what else we always say, Eric? There's nothing else to say, but... Don't forget to say! Don't forget to say! Shut up and sit down.